What's going on, America? I need a little more snare in my headphones. Just a little bit. If we could just there it is. Right What's a snare? There. Other you, than the other than the drum. You've never heard you never heard that like snare Eminem track where it's like he's like, yo, I need more snare in my headphones. Oh, I need more okay. snare in my headphones. You never heard that? Man, I'll have you guys know that so many people responded to the Kid Rock thing. Dude, I went through the comment section. I was getting ripped to shreds. Y'all were getting so, like, like people that don't realize that Kid Rock was originally this hardcore, like, rock and roll white rapper. Uh, you're dead. You're dead to a bunch of people. Like, literally, <laughs> like canceled yes. by everyone on the internet. It <laughs> by, was insane by everyone. So Noah, why are you in such a bad mood today? I'm not in a bad mood. You've today. been in, in. You have been weird lately. You've been hiding in your room. I've been hiding, and you have been. You have not been hanging out with everybody like normal. So I need to tell America something. I need to apologize on air in front of everyone. Graham's already shaking his head. Oh Lord. Last Friday, I was supposed to ride with Graham to Huntsville, Alabama. And I swear, I am never late. I am never, ever late. It's my thing. I'm never late. But I, I was late. I, and he I, wasn't just late. I did not show up. He did not even <laughs> show up. And I had to leave without him. And about three hours down the road, I get a message from him. It was, was awful. My stomach dropped out of my chest. It was <laughs> the most scary thing of my entire life. Uh, and my excuse, and I don't, I'm not a big excuse guy, but my excuse was my AirPod was underneath me. And so my alarm, it was touching like the AirPod stuff. So my alarm went to my AirPods and not to my speaker. Uh huh. So why were you scared? Am I like a, am I a bad boss? No, 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 no. (laughs) I just was like my reputation through the, (laughs) through the drain. And like, it was such like a perfect setup for the trip. And I thought that maybe I made you late for the trip. It was awful. Oh, you so. totally, you totally did. I was thirty minutes late. Because, no way. Because I like. We haven't uh, even talked about if it. If we're just going to add insult to injury here, we might as well do it right. Uh, I was oh, uh, because I was up and in the truck by four thirty. Yes. And then I sent you a text. I'm like, hey, I'm ready to go whenever you get here. And he didn't write me. Yeah. And I was like, uh oh, this dude yeah. is asleep. I can't remember if I tried calling you or not. But then I sent you another message, and uh, so I waited until 5, because before that, I was like, we're leaving at 5 at the latest. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to give him till 5. Just in case. And uh, so anyway, but leaving at 5 put me 30 minutes late. uh, I'm literally just now finding out about this. (laughs) But I decided to mess with Noah, because now I am a bad boss in that way. No, it's fine. (laughs) I deserve it. Because I knew the second that he woke up, he was going to get on this huge... Huge, like, like, please forgive me, kick and all that stuff. It was awful. So I, I intentionally did not answer his phone call <laughs> when he tried calling. It was awful. I, I thought had, I was fired. I intentionally didn't answer it, and then he sent me this message, like these, this, this heartfelt, like, long message, and I just okay. sent back, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Intentionally, I wasn't mad at all. I thought it was hilarious, and I was even telling Alyssa the entire time. It's like I'm just gonna keep messing with Noah. I felt <laughs> sick to my stomach. I felt like I was gonna throw up all day. I was. I felt oh, so man. bad about it. All right, we got a couple things to talk about. This is gonna be an interesting show because as we film this show, the Senate uh, impeachment hearing is happening yep. right now as we speak, and so I could talk to you about all the bogus 
uh, accusations, and they played this clip, this nine-minute clip at the beginning of the impeachment trial that was showing Trump's speech, and then they were intercutting it with B-roll of people storming the Capitol yeah. and all that stuff. They strategically left out the part where he said, march peacefully in protest. They, yeah. they, that, that did not make it into the video, which was interesting to me. Um, but there's a lot of other things we want to talk about. And then uh, I want to talk about Cracker Barrel being racist, apparently. <laughs> That's a new thing from a viral Twitter uh, post. <laughs> um, and we're going to fact check it right here uh, on Dear America. And then I'm going to talk to you guys about something. I'm super excited because mm -hmm. I got two... Uh, I got two people in the room today. Zach and Noah are here. That you guys are perfect for this conversation. Uh, but before we do that, we got to get into a sponsor. Many states and local governments have used the coronavirus to trample on the constitutional rights of millions while simultaneously defunding law enforcement while the mob and dangerous criminals roam free. When the government can't or won't ensure your safety, self-reliance is the only option. That's why iTarget was invented to give law-abiding citizens a cost-effective way to train in the safety and privacy of their own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, no more expensive practice ammunition. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start training. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including 223 for your AR, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Today, you can save 10% plus free shipping with the offer code G-R-A-H-A-M at checkout. When you go to iTargetPro.com, this is the smartest way for you to practice, and it pays for itself in one day. That's right, people. One day, because it's no ammo. Make a great gift for your patriotic Valentine. That's the letter I, targetpro.com. I, targetpro.com, offer code GRAM. All right, so let's talk about Cracker Barrel being racist. Um, do you guys eat at Cracker Barrel? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's I've, been a while. A I mean, okay, you can lie. All right. Well, no, back in my day, Cracker Barrel was a big deal. Yeah. You got to go to Cracker Barrel. It was a big deal. All right. The closest Cracker Barrel to where I was growing up was three hours away. All right, Ooh, so wow. it was a, a it was yeah it was you didn't get to go to Cracker Barrel very often, <laughs> um, and so as I refresh this, I'm seeing how long it takes for my video to get demonetized on Facebook right now. Um, anyway, okay, so there was a viral uh, Twitter post just the other day, hundreds of thousands of likes tens of thousands of comments, and the comments are quite horrid. All right, so the picture is of Cracker Barrel. Yep. All right, apparently they're installing a new Cracker Barrel billboard, <laughs> um, and this guy said, dang, I never noticed the whip. All right, and so somebody put it on here, and then here we go, okay? Cracker Barrel, oh, excuse me, this is what it says, all right? And the tweet, for those of you watching on YouTube, which, by the way, go subscribe on YouTube, Believe it or not, we're about to hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Really? Dang. That's awesome. Yeah, we might get the little disc. <laughs> anyway, oh, uh, YouTube hates me. Yeah. All right. Every other thing I've ever done, hundreds of thousands or millions. All right. YouTube, no. <laughs> it ain't there. All right. Anyway, okay, this is what it says. Now, ladies and gentlemen, listen very carefully for this, okay? And I read this saying that there is. No fact check on this. No, none. Mm -hmm. No fact check. Cracker was a slang term for whip. That's why blacks called whites 
crackers. From the crack of the whip, a cracker barrel is a barrel that held the whips for sale at the country store. Okay, now, I don't know if maybe that's why they called white people crackers or not. Maybe there is truth to that part. But what's not true, because this is an attack on a business, mm-hmm. all right? That's what this is. All right, the part that's not true is this part. A cracker barrel is a barrel that held the whips for sale at the country store. Now, that's a very, very, very specific claim. Yeah, it is. Um, and so I decided to get to the bottom of this. So I just did a little research. And I found out even Snopes.com rated it mostly false, all right? So people are already <laughs> doing fact checks. So, uh, Google right here, Noah, so people yep. don't know I'm lying. Just Google cracker barrel meaning and then see what it says. I was just looking at their old controversy as well. Now, cracker barrel meaning, just Google it and it'll give you yep. an actual definition. The answer lies in the logo. The term cracker barrel was first used in 1916 and it emerged from the country stores no, of there. the definition. I've got the article. I want you to go cracker barrel <laughs> meaning and it should pull up the definition. Uh, I, th- I think that. No. Merriam Webster. There it is. Suggestive of the friendly homespun character of a country store. Okay. All right. How are you pulling up a different definition than me? The Cracker Barrel and country stores around which customers lounge for informal conversation. Of course, Pete Hegseth from... Oh, turn my Bluetooth on. Turn my Bluetooth on. Watch this. Hey, Pete, what's going on? (laughs) You are literally calling me in the middle of Dear America, so you are on Dear America right this second. (laughs) Uh, say hey to the world, and I will call you back as soon as we are done filming. Everybody, Pete Hank hey, says. Hey, 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 to the world. You're listening to uh, the fan, one of the best shows out there. Enjoy <laughs> it, and Graham, call me back. Bro. Okay, I will, brother. All right. <laughs> All right, I'll call you right back. Awesome. All right, that was Pete Hexeth, everybody. In the Great middle, guy. In Great the guy. Middle of the, in the middle of the episode. Okay, what all right, where was I? Oh, Noah didn't find the definition. <laughs> all right, cracker barrel meaning. It literally pulls it up in the dictionary as soon as you do it. What are you doing? All right. This is what I got. This is what I got. What, uh, oh, my Strike God. three. I'm about to get no, fired. No, look. Right here. It is right here. Dictionary. Look. Um, okay. Barrel, an adjective. Okay. <laughs> it's especially plain, simple, and unsophisticated. His cracker. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it uses it in a sentence in here, too. And it even says... Uh, oh, okay. I see why. Oh, it's different on the, it's different on the desktop. Okay. You get a pass. You get a pass. Different on the desktop. Okay. When you type it in on, or excuse me, it's different on the phone. When you type it on the desktop, like the first thing is the Webster definition of it. Okay. Close call. Almost fired. Almost fired. That was almost straight three. All right. (laughs) Anyway, the point here is let's get to the truth of what all this actually means. Okay. And Snopes even rated it mostly false because of the fact that a cracker barrel actually was used to hold crackers. No way. But not whips. But not whips. Yep. Exactly right. <laughs> and so they mo- they rated it mostly false. Now, I'm not saying that there wasn't some barrels that held whips. Maybe there was. Mm-hmm. But specifically... See, context is important here. And I think if we're getting into this whole fact check thing, and I'm going to be honest with you, 
I have kind of lightened, loosened up a little bit on the whole fact-checking deal. Yeah. And the reason why is because, you know, all right, fine. Maybe the way that I said something might be misleading in some way. Or, excuse me, no, I don't like misleading, but I can see how some people might misinterpret what I mm -hmm. say, even though that wasn't my initial intention. It's not every time. But I'll give it to them sometime. Yeah. All right? I'm not 100% right on things. So context is everything. So I'm not even saying that some barrels didn't have whips in them. Yeah. All right? What I'm saying is, is that Cracker Barrel named their store after the barrels that had crackers in them. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. And a lot of people are like, well, don't you see the whip in the design? No. no. I see them trying to be like cute with like the little, you know, yeah. make it like cursive looking and stuff like that. Um, cancel culture. Yeah. Sucks, man. Sucks I, really bad. We have not had the air on in this room, though. I can tell that because it it's is getting a little toasty. It, it is. Well, I'm sweating. hot up in here, and I'm glad I'm not the only one. All right, so uh, I'm going to jump straight into a a conversation here. Before we talk about the little sporadic things that are going on, I want to talk about something that really irritated me the other day, and it's going to be funny. The people that listen to this, hopefully, it's not me. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Noah. Noah. Noah is. Now my number two favorite employee. Anyway, um, okay. <laughs> Alyssa moved back up to number one. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, uh, Alyssa, love her death. She's not my favorite employee. She's my favorite person. Anyway, nice. okay, all right. But first, we got to get into a sponsor. All right, everyone wants to keep their home and family safe, whether it's from a break-in, a fire, flooding, or medical emergency. Simply Safe Home Security delivers the award-winning 24-7 protection. With Simply Safe, you don't just get an arsenal of cameras and sensors, you get the best professional monitors in the business. They've got your back day and night ready to send police, fire, or EMTs when you need them straight to your door. Simply Safe has an arsenal of sensors and cameras that protect every inch of your home. You can set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. It's super easy. Then Simply Safe's professionals take over monitoring your home 24-7 and ready to send help the moment there's an alarm. Right now, my listeners get a free home security camera when you purchase a Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/dearamerica. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. Visit simplysafe.com/dearamerica for your free security camera today that's simplysafe.com slash dear america all right so i want to talk to you guys here and this is going to be a different conversation listeners and so I, i'm i'm excited to have this conversation and i am also uh going to be interested in your response so uh here we go i attended church on Sunday. Shocker, I know. <laughs> and uh, this is uh, this is something that I want to talk about. And it, people listening that are local, you're automatically going to know what I'm talking about. So yeah. This is going to be interesting. Uh, but uh, I went to church and there was a pastor speaking. I'm not going to name the church, not going to name the pastor. Um, I will, for purpose of this story, he was an African-American pastor, mm -hmm. which I don't have any problems with at all whatsoever. But it is relevant for the purpose of this story. Well, why sure. is that ever relevant? It is for this story. All right. So um, the I don't know what the title of the message was, but what was being used was uh, the, the, the story of the Good Samaritan. Yeah. Right. And now I will give credit where it's due. 
this pastor did an amazing job because I believe context is important. Yeah. Right. In my new book that I'm writing, context, 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 man. Especially with the Bible. The Bible's mm. one of those things, if you don't understand the context in general, I mean, one, uh, the validity of what is being said, the weight of what is being mm-hmm. said uh, is all lost, and you could completely misunderstand what it says in the first place. Yeah, definitely. Um, so he's talking about the Samaritans, um, uh, the uh, the Jews. No. What yeah, am I, yeah yep. the Jews. And yeah. what was the other one? Is the Samaritans, uh, the uh, Gentiles? Yeah, the right. Gentiles. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so basically, anybody that wasn't a Jew was a Gentile, and more specifically, the Samaritan. Uh, Sam- Samaritans. Sam- yeah. yeah, whatever. Uh, Google me and make sure that I've got that name right before we Samaritan. Go. Samaritan. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's it's right. a good Samaritan. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's right. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So again, not a pastor, just going with it. But he does a really <laughs> good job of talking about the fact of the Jews. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the Gentiles, mm-hmm. were persecuted for hundreds of years. Yeah. Okay? And so that's a long time. Around 700 years, if we're being completely you know, accurate as to what the Bible says. And when we say persecuted, we don't mean that they felt like they didn't get a job promotion because they were Jews. That's not what we mean. Mm-hmm. We don't mean that. We mean imagine our civil war for 700 years. Mm-hmm. That's what we mean. Okay? I mean, we're talking about legit stuff. And it's so, you know, and everybody knows, well, not everybody, but most Christians know the story of the Good Samaritan. Uh, the Good Samaritan gets the ever-living crap beat, or the, excuse me, the Jew gets the ever-living crap beat out of him. The Good Samaritan sees him, helps him out. And this is significant because there are cultures have been legitimately murdering each other for 700 years. Mm-hmm. All right? So that was the context of the message. Uh, love and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. We all love each other equally, et cetera, et cetera. But then it started turning a little ways. Mm-hmm. And it started turning... Um, you know, he starts talking about, apparently this pastor used to be an NFL player before he oh, became wow. a pastor. Uh, he starts talking about uh, police brutality and being stereotyped by police, mm-hmm. uh, having uh, altercations with police. I don't know if it was either verbal or physical. He didn't specify. Um, and he did say, now, are there good cops? Yes. But you know that there's problems, you know? I don't like the context of that. And there's more that we're fixing to get into, but I don't like that phrase because that phrase in and of itself is misleading. Mm -hmm. Okay? No, 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 no. The majority of police are amazing examples of individuals and Americans. Less than 1% are bad apples. Okay? And then... He starts talking about you're supposed to love everybody. You're supposed to love everybody. And then he goes, but what if that person's a Democrat? And he, like, looked at the crowd, and the crowd, like, went, went oh, like that, right? You know, got the reaction on him. But then he never said, but what about if that person's Republican? He never said that, which I thought was interesting. And, you yeah. know, and I, I let that go. I was like, okay, okay, you know, I'll let that go. Um, and then 
he starts talking about how his great-great-grandfather fought in the Civil War mm-hmm. and how, you know, the Confederate flag, you know, he fought dying and died, apparently. And, mm-hmm. and again, complete and utter respect, where respect is due in that. But then he starts talking about, and then he saw that Confederate flag in the U.S. Capitol on January the 6th mm-hmm. and how angry he was and how horrible it was that people would do such a thing and desecrate how far we've come, et cetera, et cetera. And then he even gave a uh, story of how he saw um, uh, a, mag- a person in a MAGA gear or MAGA hat with their hands raised right next to a person with a BLM shirt on with their hand raised. And it may or may not have happened. I'm sure it could have. But why didn't you bring up why didn't you bring up the Black Lives Matter riots? Why didn't we talk about everything? Yeah. To me, to me it seemed like we were listening to and then afterwards, after that pastor left, there was a palpable uncomfortableness in the church. Really? Palpable. Because then the campus pastor came out who was of opposite color. And basically came out to reaffirm, and this is what he said, and it was very strategic, um, that everything that he just said was biblically true. Hmm. And I'll agree with that. Everything he said, scripture-wise, was exactly that. It was biblically true. That story's true. The Good Samaritan story's true. The context of which it was true. But it was spoken through a lens Mm -hmm. of identity politics. That's what it was. The feel of it was MAGA bad, BLM good. The feel of it was white people in general that supported Donald Trump need to check themselves or check your heart, as John Chris, the comedian, would say. Um, And it bothered me a lot. Uh, because, and, and at first I found myself trying to get angry. I said, you know what? Nope. That's the wrong response. I'm not going to get angry. Yeah. This is ignorance here is what this is. And yes, this pastor in terms of politics is ignorant. He just is. He just simply is ignorant. Um, I am a firm believer and I've been talking about for a long time that we need to have the church back into political discussions. Okay, and so, you know, of course, my wife, she's always my my biggest advocate, but also the first person to check me on my thought process. And she's like, well, you know, you're the one that says the church needs to get back involved. And I said, yeah, not social issues, though. Social issues are different than terms of policy mm-hmm. in which the government is responsible for. And so if you're going to make if you're going to make a biblical statement. And I know I'm talking a lot, and I'm going to get to y'all's thoughts on this, but if you're going to make a biblical statement, if you're going to preach a sermon, right, shouldn't you be just as politically informed, especially if you're going to use horrifically major political events, as you are biblically? Because if you don't know the context of the situation of which you're speaking, i.e. that it has already been proven by the FBI that this was planned in advance— uh, many of the agitators were far-left activists uh, with links to Antifa, with links to 
some Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I think the com- the guy with the Confederate flag was uh, proved to have voted for Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, so. and and so, but but that didn't make it into the sermon. No, because that, that it would it would have lost its power. And if your sermon loses its power, if you actually include the context, then you were preaching a bad sermon. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm curious your thoughts. Um, and, and I mean, you know, hit me with it. Yeah. Do, do you hear through the, for, through the radio or your ear pods, however you're listening to this, um, how uncomfortable it kind of sounds? Uh, it's because th- this exact same kind of awkwardness was the mm-hmm. same awkwardness in the church. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious y'all's thoughts. Hit me with it. You can go first. I'm collecting mine. I mean, I'm still kind of thinking about it, but also like, <laughs> I think you got to be careful. Um, like sometimes I, I kind of have, I kind of feel like he forced that sermon, like the, the, the Bible into what he wanted to say. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a very dangerous thing. Cause then you can start to twist the scriptures whatever it is you want to say mm-hmm. and so i feel like he kind of like he knew what he wanted to talk about i'm not trying to like talk trash about him but like i think i feel like he knew what he wanted to talk about and so he used that scripture and like forced it into backing what he wanted to back because i don't think the con i don't really think that that scripture works super well for what he was trying to say yeah no i, I and again like i said if you if you're trying to use culture mm-hmm to vindicate your message from the pulpit. And if you add context of the political event, like the Capitol riots, and the context is that it's been proven. It was, mm-hmm. it was yeah. preplanned. It, it didn't matter if Donald Trump spoke or not, uh, that the vast majority, i.e. 99% of the people that were agitators were not real Republicans are Trump supporters. A lot of them have ties to left-wing organizations. If you apply that context and then your message no longer resonates, then you were teaching a bad message and you were yeah. teasing mm-hmm. and you were teaching a false message. So therefore, by very definition, you were misleading your congregation. Yeah. And the reason why is because I think that this particular pastor, and this is why I brought up his race at the beginning. Now, normally I would say race has nothing to do with it, and I don't think that it does. I think that his circumstances through life, Mm -hmm. I think that this particular pastor suffers from his own worldview in teaching the gospel, right? Like we all suffer from that, and and I know that I can speak a lot because I'm not a pastor, right? But... But it seemed to me that he lost the message. The message was supposed to be we're all supposed to love each other. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Republican, or Democrat. But what ended up happening was all the problems are with the Republicans. Mm -hmm. And it was said without being said. That's the issue I have. Uh, the the (laughs) the The fact that Black Lives Matter and everything that happened... On top of that, he even used the analogy when he was talking about bad police. He said, you know, where there's smoke, there's normally a fire, right? And, of course, I wanted to get up and scream and be like, yeah, Black Lives Matter and Antifa are literally lighting things on fire. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't brought up. And that's the problem that we have in churches today. We've got... 
You've either got pastors that won't say anything about anything because they're scared to lose their congregation and their money, or now we got pastors that are using identity politics to preach the gospel, which right off the bat is not the gospel. Yeah, yeah. And it's very interesting, and I want to talk to, about the pastors that I believe that are doing it right. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who are going to miss are going to disagree with me, uh, but but it's worth talking about. And but before we get into that, we got to get into another sponsor. All right, I got a crash course in home title theft, and you better pray this never happens to you because it can ruin you financially. Here's how the crime happens. The legal titles to our homes are kept online where they can be hacked. A cyber thief finds your home title, forges your signature on a quit claim deed, stating you sold your home to him. Then, or she, we are an all-inclusive group here yes, in, dear, in, in Dear America. Then he takes out loans against your home until your equity is gone. You won't know until the collection calls pour in. You're not protected by insurance, your bank, or common identity theft programs. Home Title Lock protects you. And in the unlikely event, you become a victim of title theft. While a member, Home Title Lock will spend up to a quarter of a million dollars in legal fees to help restore your home's title. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register address to see if you're already a victim then use code radio for 30 free days of protection that's code radio at hometitlelock.com all right so churches that i think are doing it right uh i'm really am becoming more and more a fan of a guy named rob mccoy out in california if you don't know who rob mccoy is uh he is the pastor that literally has raked up uh, millions of dollars in vines for, uh, you know, not uh, bending the knee to California's mm-hmm. extreme lockdowns. Uh, he's actually had to appear in court over this, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of people have always, uh, you know, a good pastor said, if you belong to a church that shut down even one time, because the government told them to. Not because the pastor decided, hey, you know, maybe yeah. we should wait just to see, yeah. you know, what this is. Early on, a lot of people did that. Early on, yeah. a lot of yeah. people get that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the pastors that refused to open out of fear of what the government said. Mm-hmm. You need to leave that church immediately because you do not have a good pastor. Sorry. It's just the truth. Just the way it is. All right. And so a lot of people are all like, oh, but Romans 13, Romans 13. And I got this from Rob McCoy. And uh, so I'm going to steal it. But I didn't steal it because I said I got it from Rob McCoy. All (laughs) right. So Romans 13 is basically all about submission to governing authorities. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's like, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. And there's a lot of people who's like, ooh, Graham, you claim to be a Christian, but yet you just overlook Romans 13. It says to freaking uh, submit to authority. Well, Rob McCoy brings this out. He brings this out, and this is the point that you need to hear, and you need to hear it right now. Who is the authority in America? Who's the authority? It's not the president, not the vice president, it's not the house, not the Senate. It's not your governor. It's not your uh, city council members. It's not your mayor. No, 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 no. The govern the the power and authority of America, which God ordained. That's what it says in the Bible, right? 
is in the first three words of the Constitution. We the people. We the people are the authority. That's what Romans 13 says. I mean, I hate to break it to you, but you're reading it wrong. Either that or you forget what the first part of the Constitution is. We the people have the power. We the people are the authority. We the people elect leaders. They don't just assume power and authority mm-hmm. over us. We elect them to be so. So when those people are not doing the will of the people anymore, then I would argue that you, you are not living by Romans 13 because the authority is in us, the people. I feel like I feel like I feel like that should have gotten applause. I really do. It should I, feel, have. I feel like you know. My hey. bad. My bad. I got Zach sucked in over here. You did. You had me yeah. in. Both of us sucked were. In. I was ready to run through a brick wall. <laughs> There's one over there. It's <laughs> things like this, man. Look, I'm not a pastor. I get it. But we need real yeah. leaders in the church right now. We need it. We need real leaders, and real leaders are the ones that are not afraid to get talked bad about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Real leaders are the ones. I watch it all the time. Every time I post a video about something, I'll watch it. My numbers will go down, yeah. and then about an hour or so later, they'll start going back up because mm-hmm. I'll lose the people that I uh, make mad and upset, and then new people will come. We need people who are not afraid to take over the church. We need people who are willing to stand up and fight. And so I, I, I challenge you to use that in your fight. If you are a Christian and you are having to deal with these arguments, let that be power for you. Yeah, I, I, think, I think what's something that's super important to, to know is that, and I'm about to make a lot of people mad, is that the, the Bible, and here don't misinterpret this incorrectly, the Bible, at least the text within it, often does have contradictory statements, and it's the context which proves them vital. That's why Job and Proverbs are completely the opposite of each other. Proverbs basically argues that if you do everything this way, you'll live long, and Job says, hey, even if you do everything right, you won't you won't get that kind of reward. So, you know, Jesus oftentimes in the Bible prioritized human life over the uh, I don't know, stick up the butt law, I guess, for lack of a better better term. Um, Jesus healed the sick on the Sabbath, and that could have gotten him in some big trouble. So uh, when you look at it like today, uh, what is important is human life, correct? And you can argue coronavirus, but I think I would even argue that mental health is is far worse than what COVID-19 is and, and the epidemic in this country that every single person is depressed, every single person is medicated for that depression. Um, it's, it's a pandemic in and of itself. So when you have churches that don't want to open, when that could be the lifeline to someone's legitimate life, I mean, that's the priority, is it not? Yeah, no, I agree. I, um, anyway, like I said, We'll get off. We'll get off the religion for a minute. But you know what? No, we won't. <laughs> uh, it's too good. Uh, well, you know. Okay, but let's shift it to context of things. So, I uh, was fortunate enough to. Uh, I was fortunate enough 
to attend this conference for, uh, it was called Founders Masteries course. And it was basically uh, a gathering of entrepreneurs and, and you have to hit like a certain, a certain level of, you know, revenue and things like that to qualify for it. But you basically get to interact with all these amazing entrepreneurs that have done all of these things. And uh, once we broke out of the general session of what it was, uh, one of the guys came up to me and he was talking to me. He's from, uh, he's not from the South. He's from, I, I don't know where he's from, but anyway, he has a lot of democratic friends or Democrat friends. And he said, uh, he basically asked me the question, you know, when people again, and it's pertinent because of our last conversations about mm -hmm. police brutality or police, uh, profiling of black people. He says, you know, what, what, what do I tell my friends, uh, you know, when they say that they've experienced this before in their lifetime and things like this, you know, what, what do I say? And I say, well, uh, this was my response to that. And again, here you go. So a freedom nugget, we'll call it. Here's your freedom nugget. Uh, ways to have articulate and factual conversations about the hard conversations. Mm -hmm. The truth of the matter is that the vast majority of African-Americans, not all before you guys write me on Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com, not all, but the vast majority happen in areas that you would not deem to be the nicest of areas or the mm. best of areas, right? You're talking crime? Yeah, I'm talking, yeah, poor, crime-ridden, drug-ridden, low-educated areas, okay? okay? Most of the police interactions that would be uh, construed or are bad mm -hmm. happen in those areas. Yeah. Right. Like you don't really, you don't really hear about, uh, you know, the, the, the black guy with a master's degree walking around in target being harassed by the police. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, is it making sense what I'm getting at yeah. now? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and I would argue that there are multiple avenues of approach to this. One is, not putting yourself in the police officer's shoes. And mm -hmm. I will I will stand in this to the day I die. Okay, look, most of the time, the most patrolled areas in the country or cities or counties are the areas that are high crime, high drug, low income, low education. Mm -hmm. All right? That's where they have to patrol the most because that is where the most crime happens. Yeah, it's where the most murders, most rapes, most stabbings, most uh, robberies, most everything happens in those areas. Do those things happen in other places? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But policing is a matter of percentages. Right. Yeah. The percentages of bad things happen in those areas. So therefore, the police are naturally uh, more aware. Mm -hmm. They're naturally more uh, in a heightened state. Mm -hmm. They're naturally more uh likely to think that everybody's kind of up to something just like the people, the vast majority of people in those areas are all probably think the police are there to hurt them. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's a thing on both sides. So I would argue that the, you're blaming the wrong person and the scapegoat is the police officer. All right. Uh, police brutality, if you would have it or call it that, uh, I do not believe police brutality is a major widespread issue. I don't. The, the data and the stats do not support that. Does it happen? Yes. And those officers should be dealt with. Is it a widespread pandemic, if you will? Absolutely not. But you're blaming, you're blaming one of the symptoms and not the virus. Yeah. Okay. What's the virus? Let me tell you what the virus is. 
It is a proven fact. You can Google it right now. In fact, CNN owned itself one time because it was like, this is a lie. Here is the data. And the data actually showed that it was true. The poorest, most uneducated, most crime, most drug, most sex trafficked, uh, lowest income areas in our entire country are Democratic ran states, counties, cities. Mm -hmm. Blue states, counties, cities it's your leaders faults yep. that these things don't improve it's your leaders faults that that you don't have the money to or excuse me that the jobs aren't there for you to mm-hmm. have a job to have money for your household it's the leaders faults that they it's the leaders fault that they keep dumping money into schools that are educating young black men of the age of 18 that can't read at a 6th grade level it is your leaders fault fault it is your leaders fault that the war on crime is not even remotely even a blip on the radar mm-hmm. in your area it's your leaders Fault that they're literally committing crimes and doing drugs on the street in front of your home. Yeah, it's your. And then I talked about it the other, uh, and then I dove in a li- even a little further, and I said, you know, the attack on the nuclear family has ravished the African American mm-hmm. community, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And a lot of it started around I don't know, just pulling a random date out of my butt here, nineteen ninety two, around this thing called the crime bill. That was authored by none other than our current president. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, to put full transparency, it had to pass the House and the Senate. I mean, it wasn't just Joe Biden that said, hey, I got an idea. Yeah. But that completely destroyed everything. All right. You had all these African-American males that were getting incarcerated, Mm -hmm. taken away from their families. So you had young men growing up without a daddy in a low income, high crime, high drug, low education, low education system. So when they become a man, they become the age of 18. Guess what? They can't get a job. Guess what that means? They don't have money. Guess what that means? They're going to start stealing or dealing drugs on the side of the road. Then guess what that means? They're probably going to get arrested, too. And then they're not going to be there for their family and so on and so on on the cycle yeah. continues over and over and over again so is it is it the police's fault or is it the leadership's fault that people keep voting for i would say that the virus <laughs> is the democrat party man yeah and i know that i'm republican and i know i'm biased in that but it is just the way I feel because no. all the stats show that I'm right and you're wrong. I think, I, and if you expand on it, and if you look at a, a completely broad thing, um, African Americans and crime do not go hand in hand. They just don't. African Americans and and po- po- impoverished areas do not go hand in hand. The reason why that is connected is because of the Civil Rights Act which LBJ did, and he instituted uh, subsidized households, which are all clumped together. Even economists say that if you split apart the households, did not put them all in the same area, the problem wouldn't be as rampant. But you you have these Democratic uh, leaders elected, and they start making these communities of subsidized places, um, that are that completely rely. It's it's better for them to rely on the government rather than them doing it itself. And it's just a cyclical issue. So it has nothing to do with 
even race until the leaders made it about race. It had, it had nothing to do. White people can be just as poor as any other race. And, and any, any race, it has zero to do with the color of your skin as everything and until, until the Democratic ele- elected leaders start pointing out that race and say, you know what, we need to compensate for something. We have to compensate your hardships for this. And then they start to rely on the government because it's smarter to. It's smarter to have another child and get another check. Yeah, it's it's smart. It's just it's when corrupt. I was when I was recruiting in the military. That is true. I, I, I recruited in a predominantly black county. And one of the girls, when I was at a class talking, I was talking about Anna Grace six to be born. And I said, you know, I got to figure out how to pay that bill. And they looked at me and they said, don't you get another check? Hmm. Literally, that's a true story. Yeah. And it's 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 frustrating to me when I hear people that they, you know, all these communities, it's it's honestly, if you blow it all up even more, like su- subsidized communities could even be segregation. I mean, it, and it is. It is so predominantly one race in most places. And you have to look at who are the leaders. You, ha- you have to. You cannot look at a, a place and say, who are the people of this place? You have to say, who's, who's leading them? And they, the answer is no one, obviously, if they keep on just saying, hey, the government's coming to help you. The government's coming to help you. The government's never helped anyone, really. I mean, the best, the only thing good that the government's ever done for anyone is give more power to the people. And then now the Democrats are rolling it back. And you look at places like New York and Chicago and, you know, high population of, of African-American communities in here and, and violence is there. And, you, and then you look at the, the governors. They're passing the blame on the people. They don't know what they're doing. And meanwhile, they're spending other taxpayer dollars. And, and any person that's educated would know, like, yeah, it's time that you got to pick yourself up by your bootstraps. No, I agree. Noah's over there preaching, but we got to get into our final sponsor here. Uh, and I'm going to just do it uh, different. Look, this is Mike Lindell. He's a good friend of ours over at My Pillow. Mike Lindell, they are trying to destroy this man. And if you've ever listened to Mike Lindell's story from the crack house uh, all the way to own, being a multimillionaire with my pillow, but they're taking it off of every store everywhere. They're being canceled everywhere. So listen, you got to support companies that support conservative values, period. You've got to. Uh, so go to mypillow.com right now and click on the radio offers. You can save up to 66% when you use the special code Graham. That's mypillow.com and use the offer code G-R-A-H-A-M. You need to go right now. You need to support Mike Lindell because if we continue to allow this cancel culture to uh, exist and this cancel culture to operate, no one is safe and everybody's business is going to be gone eventually. Go to MyPillow.com and use the offer code Graham now. All right, so real quick, let's touch on a couple things. Let's touch on, there's been a lot of, a lot of people have, you know, I did a live feed on this yesterday, uh, and and sorry for the tone of this episode. I know it's yeah. different, <laughs> but 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 it's just relevant. This is where we are right now. Uh, you know, we're a real show. We're real people. We're trying to talk to you about the real things. And unfortunately, not every show can be uplifting and whatnot because there's things we got to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going on with us in the show? What's going on with us in the show right now is we are in a battle of trying to decide if we are going to continue to be under the rule of thumb of social media channels and sponsors etc 
the truth is, uh, you know, uh, all this stuff costs money. Everything does. Uh, the employees that work here, <laughs> you know, we, we have an obligation to them to provide a living because we have to figure out a way to keep this show going. Uh, other people like Louder with Crowder have been doing it for a long time where they're pretty much, if not 100%, completely people-funded. And so that's the truth. That's what's going on. We are trying to figure out uh, what we're going to do and how we're going to do it to give Dear America to you, the people. I would love to get to a point where we're zero sponsored ads. Mm -hmm. In fact, just, just to be honest with everyone here, that is what I'm working towards. Uh, it's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be next week. But here soon, I hope to have figured out a plan to where we can give this show back to you. And it's completely uninterrupted. It's completely, we can say whatever we want to say. It is just 100% your show. Uh, that is what's going on. And we're working on it um, to talk about the rumors that are going on that everybody is asking me about. The Congress rumors. Okay? Uh and you knows over there staring at me like what? <laughs> so, no, I know he's. Uh, there are a lot of people that have, and it's just me being honest with you guys, okay? Uh, as you're driving in your car or you're working out, this is me talking to you as Graham, okay? I don't know if I want to do that, and that's just me being as honest as I know how to be. Uh, there are a lot of pe uh, freaking lot of people. I owe about three people phone calls right now uh, that, yes, they are beating me up to run in the state of South Carolina. I won't say against two. You can probably figure it out on your own. Uh, I, I, it's not – it is a very humbling thing. I'm very humbled by it. I am. I don't know if it's the right time. I don't know if it's something that I want to do, but then again, it can be argued that that's the right mindset to have in the first place. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I will say that I will never say never to any opportunity ever. I'll, I'll never do that because I don't believe in it. Um, but, but there are people who are having conversations with me and, you know, I, I have taken their meeting. Um, and I promise you that if I decide to do something, I will let you know. Uh, I have not filed any paperwork to run for Congress or anything like that. So the answer is simply no. As of right now, I am not running for Congress. So uh, I want to address that head on so everybody knows uh, what's what's going on. Um, that's it. Noah, your thoughts? I have been probably the biggest proponent of telling you not to run. <laughs> Uh, for people that don't know me, I would be a horrible congressman. No, no, it's not that at all. It's actually the exact opposite. I, I've worked uh, over 10 campaigns since I was 15, and I've seen uh, the campaign season. I've seen winners. I've seen losers. And uh, ultimately, I think it's just not worth it. I think that uh, why would you subject yourself to a swamp? Uh, it, the work up there is futile. D.C. is full of cocaine and apparently child predators. Uh, I do not think that Graham should run. Obviously, obviously he has great views on everything, and obviously he would be super good at it. Let us know what you think. Write in at Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. Let me know what you think. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts yeah. uh, about this. If I was a single guy... 
and I didn't own <laughs> multiple companies where people depend on me, I probably would be like, sure, let's do this thing. I uh, don't know. I don't, but, I don't know. But, 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 but you're right. I mean, th- there are pros and cons to it. A lot of people, and, and, and I'll give Charlie Kirk uh, a, a, a shout out here because Charlie Kirk, I've talked to about it mm-hmm. um, because obviously it went all the way there and Charlie Kirk found out about it and, and a bunch of other people. I've spoken to Dan Crenshaw about it i've spoken to uh i literally had a conversation with laura trump just yesterday yeah um uh charlie kirk was probably the most honest and here's the thing and he told me the truth he's like you know if you think you're gonna go there and change anything you're not yeah you know as a congressman president maybe congressman no and that's just the truth the system's too broken yeah no i agree but he did say this he said he said now, if you have something to say and you're the right congressman, then maybe it is something that you need to think about. You know, if you have something to say and you have the means to say it, uh, there are 435 congressmen and women, mm-hmm. I believe. 30 of them maybe have enough of a voice or presence that the nation knows who they are. Maybe. Yeah. And so um, I don't know. I thought that that was pretty good advice. Um, yeah, no, that you I, I know, if you them. if you think you're going to go there and change something, that's just not the reality. If you think that you know that if you believe in something enough that you believe that something needs to be said, and enough people need to hear it, then maybe you need to consider. It. But either way, putting the rumors to rest as of right now, it's two years from now anyway. Um, well, actually, the primary is in a year. Either way, the point is, uh, as of right this second, the answer is no. Uh, but I am really looking forward to the messages. Uh, Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. Let me know what you think. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this really yeah. interesting version of uh, Dear America podcast. Uh, tomorrow, we are here. We've got three episodes this week. Uh, and we will be covering uh, the impeachment trial tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, find out all the craziness that is going on. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Make sure to subscribe. Give us five stars. Tell a friend. Uh, that's all we got for this episode, and we'll see you again next time. Later. <laughs>